0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60
1: minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. Welcome back to the Wayne Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard the NFL Chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore.
0: And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the station's Ravens Beat reporter.
1: And we are at week six, Cordell, finally. Ravens, uh, as of right now, holds sole possession of first place in the AFC North after their win over the Cincinnati Bengals. So now we're back. Uh, we're coming into non-conference play, I should say, uh, and we're going back to MetLife Stadium to play the New York football Giants. And, you know, the Giants are a very interesting team. They're 4-1. They don't and really look like they're a 4-1 team, but, you know, somehow they are. And, um, you know, they've surprised a lot of people thus far. So let's start this week with the Ravens offense versus the Giants defense. Um, Obviously, you know, the Ravens still have some things that they need to work on in terms of like being consistent um, in the second half. Obviously, Lamar had that drive at the end of the game against the Bengals that solidified their win with the Justin Tucker kick. But ultimately, it still felt like they sputtered a little bit. Um, No Rashad Bateman, of course. And it doesn't appear that he's going to play again uh, again on Sunday. And then you go back to MetLife Stadium uh, against the Giants' defense. Defensively, it appears that this team is bad on paper. Um, They're 29th in points allowed. Um, but, you know, look, they have the new defensive coordinator, the former Ravens defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. And, you know, the the one game obviously that's going to stand out, and, and that's the most recent game, is the way that they played against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So um, it's it, this is an interesting matchup, obviously, because the Ravens clearly know um, the defensive scheme of w- Wink Martindale. Oh, by the way, Cordell, two of their cornerbacks was out. They ended up being out of the game last week. And guess what? Wink still blitzed 60% Aaron Rodgers without those two cornerbacks. So I think it's safe to say here that um he's not going to stop doing it. Because no. that's what he likes to do. <laughs> and we
0: saw, we, we saw that. I mean, everybody that's been in Baltimore for a while, they know Wink's M.O. Uh, he's an aggressive guy. He's going to blitz pretty much no matter what last year proved that no matter what uh, part of it, when the Ravens are down to so what Wink himself called uh door dash corners uh, at that time. Which, uh, to me, that's know. even
1: worse. Knowing that you have no talent there and still right. not finding a way to have circumstantial um, defenses to, to help those types of guys. That's, mm-hmm. I, I ain't going to even lie to you. I'm glad that y'all have parted ways, quite
0: frankly. Yeah, I mean, wink, Wink's style kind of. I, I'm not going to say his style went went out of style or expired because yeah. it obviously hasn't. It still works. Yes. Um, but I think it just rubbed people the wrong way. Wink's uh, stubbornness last year to not want to adapt to the and players adjust. that he had at his, his at his disposal. Yep. Um. It left a lot of guys out to dry. A lot of guys, and especially late in the season where they're playing teams like Green Bay, where they're playing teams like the Rams, and you're going up against two of the best receivers, if not the two best receivers in football and Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup in their own uh, individual games, and you are still operating and calling plays as if you have Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey at your disposal. Yep. I think that's kind of what, upset people the most and ultimately it cost him his job. And I saw, you know, reading around that Wink said that he was happy and excited when he was let go by the Ravens. And I can imagine he, look, I think both sides just needed a change of scenery. I think both of them just got to a point to where they were at this phase in their relationship to where it's like, it's not me, it's you, you know, they right. hit each other with that and, and right. they wanted to go their separate ways. And, you know, neither of them have had amazing success uh, so far this year on the defensive side of the ball. Neither team, but the Giants, just sticking with the Giants defense, they are a defense that have helped. They that defense has helped them get to four and one. You talked about their win over the Packers. The Giants have been a second half team all year, and I'm looking at their defensive numbers, and they don't jump out at you. Number one, the first thing that jumps out to me is zero for interceptions. The Giants have forced zero interceptions this wow. year. That wow. makes you feel good going into the game. Now, what doesn't make you feel good is the fact that they have forced 10 fumbles for covered Oof. six of them. Oof. So, they may not be picking you off, but they're forcing turnovers in other ways. We know Wink Martindale, he's an aggressive guy. His defenses are aggressive at that in the same token, they take on his personality. That's what you're seeing, I think, from this Giants defense. Uh, uh, we've Toyed with the term bend but don't break for the Ravens defense. I'm not a fan of that term. I don't Same. know if we can even call the Giants a bend but don't break defense, but they just a defense that kind of gets it done when yeah. they have to. Right. Uh, they make, I think they've done a great job specifically in the second half adjustments, speaking on Wink. And that's kind of been one of the things that has, that we haven't been necessarily pleased with when we talk about Greg Roman in this Ravens offense has been their second half uh performances going up against these teams. And they make the Ravens have typically gone into the halftime locker room with the lead. The opposing team has made adjustments. And in the Ravens' two losses this year, the Ravens haven't been able to adjust uh to what the other team did in the second half. So I think it'll be important to see who who wins the battle of the coaching battle in the second half between Week Wink and Greg Roman, uh, because adjustments will be made and it'll be important to see if Roman makes adjustments right along with Wink. You're looking at this Giants defense. There's not a lot that scares you. Their cornerbacks aren't amazing. Adoree Jackson is out there. He's a fast guy, but he, they don't have any shutdown guys. I do right. like Julian Love. I'll say that. And one name that jumps out is Jalen Smith. Well, Dexter Lawrence, first of all, jumps out. He's the best Obviously, player on that defense. Right. He's the best player on that defense. No doubt about it. Um, He and Leonard Williams are the best players on that defense along that front line. But, uh Jalen Smith, linebacker that was out in Dallas. He bounced around. He was in Green Bay. He was without a job. And the for, it the
1: like, former Notre Dame?
0: Yeah. J- former Jalen Notre Smith? Dame. Okay. Former Notre Dame, Jalen Smith. That would have been a first round pick. Yes. But outside uh, of that he, injury. Okay. Right. So, you know, he's kind of bat, been trying trying to find his way these last couple of years. And he looks like he's found a decent home uh with the Giants right now. He's still a fast guy. He's still a playmaker. And I watched him especially in that uh, Packers game this past Sunday out in London. he had some some wild plays where he you know he spotted things out and he flew to the ball and made a play and one that's jumping off the top of my head is one that really let me know, okay, this Giants defense they pay close attention to detail. they really pay attention in their film study rooms. at the end of that Packers game, pretty much the game the play that decided it. Uh, on fourth down, Aaron Rodgers taps his right shoulder instantly. Jalen Smith is pointing over and letting them know the ball is coming to the to the right side of the line. And sure enough, Rodgers hikes it, throws it quickly to the right side. The ball is batted down at the line of scrimmage. So there's these guys. They pay close attention to detail. They they definitely pay attention in the film room. If there's something that's a common tendency on this Ravens offense, they're going to spot it and it helps that they have wink martindale over there as their you know the defensive coordinator who knows these guys tendencies he knows the weak spots in this offense he knows what greg roman likes to call in certain situations who he's going to look to go to obviously he knows mark andrews is the guy you have to stop in this offense yeah, how
1: he plans luck.
0: to go about it will be yep. you know we'll see how he plans to go about that uh, but yeah, I, I think it is definitely going to set up for a nice chess match, and yeah. I think this Ravens offense—they're gonna—they're gonna have to come out and p- be ready to play a physical game because these guys are going to show up ready to hit somebody, and if nothing else, they're going to show up and try to make their defensive coordinator look good.
1: I agree, and and you know the one thing that that I do think um, is beneficial is the fact. That um Lamar has improved under pressure this season. Um, his you know, his quarterback rating has gone up. And he had he alluded to the fact that he did a lot of study and in the off season in terms of um, you know, getting zero blitzes and 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 multiple um looking blitzes. So that was something that he worked on. And then another thing is that you you can see that the offense, has also made some changes because now we're starting to see Lamar under center more, something that we really didn't see in previous years past. So they are implementing some different things into this offense. It's not necessarily the same offense. Yes. Do, do they do a lot of the same things? Sure. But there are some different things. And And last week against the Bengals is an example of that okay. because you know, they use DuVernay in, in a different way that we hadn't really seen them utilizing him previously. And um, they took advantage of his skill set and it allowed them to make, you know, different types of plays, whether it be, you know, yes, Lamar overthrew him. That would have been a touchdown. But then, you know, having him do kind of gadget plays here and there, running the ball, you know, passing the ball, they, they, they get him uber active and so I mean you mentioned Mark Andrews yeah good luck to that okay you can look Mark Andrews gonna catch the ball three dudes is on him it don't matter he's just a dude that Hey, I am Travis Kelsey. I mean, look, those types of dudes are going to get their dude, and it's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can hope is that that's the only dude that you have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the fact that Rashard Bateman is not playing does mean that that's one less weapon. So what does that mean? Do you hope that a guy like Isaiah likely is is a guy that we start to see more this week with some catches? Do you, you know because. Duvernay is the second guy now that you have to worry about so who's going to be the third guy to step up and be you know the person that 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 Wink should be concerned about and I do feel like it has to be guys that maybe he he's not necessarily um familiar with like a likely now I don't know if that's going to happen we really haven't seen likely emerge to what we thought he would be in preseason but also I mean it's only week six right and there's all there's all types of room to grow and to, you know, what they would like him to be from the tight end. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. And it's funny because coach said yesterday, uh, excuse me, he said it on Wednesday that, you know, oh, it's a chess match and I don't like playing chess. Yeah. And, you know, he made jokes about about that because obviously those two guys know each other very well and additionally, additionally Greg Roman. So there's absolutely familiarity there, but I think the fact that Wink has a new set of guys that's playing and, and, and that Greg Roman has implemented some different things into his offensive scheme means that it might not necessarily play out the way that, you know, you think that it will. Calais Campbell mentioned, like, you know, sometimes they would beat us in practice. Sometimes we would get the best of them in practice. So it really could go either way. It might be have to be a chess match. Harbs, I'm sorry, okay? It ain't going to be checkers now. It's going to be checkers for Wink because what we know he's going to do is
0: blitz. Yeah.
1: That ain't going to change. you going to blitz to... Till- <laughs> The end. Okay, yes. that's what's gonna happen. What do you do with that blitz compared to what you have done in years past? I think is the bigger question in terms of how this game is going to unfold.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely, like you said, you know, the blitz is coming. So right. you mentioned Isaiah Likely. If there was ever a game that Isaiah Likely could, Demarcus
1: Robinson, maybe it it it's this. your turn, yeah. somebody. I,
0: I, I think I think the key is going to be obviously to get the ball out your hands quick. Yep, And these are the type of guys that are going to be running these underneath routes. Guys like Isaiah Likely, maybe a James Prochet who got some action on Sunday night. Uh, But, you know, it's going to have to be somebody that, yeah, that isn't necessarily on the scouting report right now that I think can kind of help bolster this offense going forward. And look, ultimately, Lamar Jackson is going to have to be the best player on the field. Wink has talked glowingly about Lamar and Lamar has talked glowingly about Wink. And I think Wink understands how difficult it is to game plan for Lamar Jackson. And even if you put together this bulletproof game plan for him, it's a different story when you get on Sunday and the guys are no longer chasing around whoever you had imitating Lamar as your scout team quarterback. You have to go tackle this guy for real. Um, and that's that'll ultimately be the test to see if they can if they can do that. I, I would expect to see Lamar understand you are not going to be able to sit back there and feel comfortable in the pocket. You're going to have to at times use your legs, maybe quicker than you have so far this season. Uh, You're going to have to make quicker reads, maybe as far uh, quicker than you have this season. Wink is going to know whatever he believes to be Lamar's weaknesses. He's coached against, he's seen this guy in practice for years.
1: This, so this rookie
0: season, yeah. You know, so he he's he's going to know kind of how to get to him. Not to say that Lamar hasn't improved and become a better player in areas since even going into this year since Wink has been gone because he has. Uh, but you'll definitely see a lot of that Wink testing to see how much how much Lamar has improved against the blitz. We saw Absolutely. what happened last year, and even this year Lamar has been pretty good against the blitz. It's documented, but. It'll be different when Wink knows kind of those hot spot those areas, you know, of how to expose this offensive line. And speaking of that, this offensive line is still coming together themselves. Yep. We don't know how much we're going to see Ronnie and Makari this week. I would expect more than we saw last week uh, against the Bengals when it's both of their first game back and they're alternating series. I still expect them to alternate series, but maybe – Maybe Stanley goes back-to-back series a couple times this week that he didn't do last week. Who knows? Another positive for the Ravens, Justice Hill returned to practice on Thursday. Very good sign. Uh, If he can practice, you know, we'll see what happens again later on today uh, to see if he practiced. But, you know, I I think that if Justice Hill is able to – be in this game, it adds another dynamic to this Russian attack that they didn't have last week. And I thought J.K. Dobbins looked good last week. I continue to think J.K. Dobbins is improving week by week. Yep. Uh, But obviously adding Justice Hill to that mold, it'll it'll help. Um, But ultimately, yeah, I, I think that the Ravens are still the more talented team on the offensive side of the ball going up against that Giants defense. That has been good at times. The numbers won't support that they've been good. Right. But they, they've they been a second-half defense, um, and, you know, that's kind of the way it works. The numbers don't always tell the story. But if they can go out there and defeat Wink Martindale's scheme, because I think that's what they'll be playing against. They'll be playing more against the scheme as than opposed the to the players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think that – I think the Giants have some quality players on that side of the ball. But do they have anybody that I think can wreck this game individually? No. Uh, but I think as a unit mixed with that scheme, they could be a problem.
1: I, I agree with that. If you guys are loving the Winning Drive podcast, make sure that you have hit the subscribe button so that every time there's a new episode, you can get it as soon as it drops. Okay, Cordell, so we've talked about the Ravens offense versus the Giants defense. So let's switch, the, switch it around a little bit. We know that Daniel Jones um, has – not received a fifth year option; that got declined. However, he's played pretty well, you know, and and in, in essence, since then, obviously Saquon Barkley is the man who runs the show in in uh, the Meadowlands, and um, a lot of what Daniel Jones' success comes from is the fact that Saquon is healthy and being being able to run the ball well because it allows them to open up and have play action and and move the ball, or Daniel Jones to use his own legs because he can. He's you know very athletic in that regard as well. So, you know, here we are like, uh, you know, they've had injuries um, from the skilled player position. I, I really can't tell you who is catching the ball there at this point, um, but you know, listen, they have found a way to make it work. And that has been very impressive to me considering every obstacle that they've had thus far. And the fact that Daniel Jones just really didn't live up to his uh, early first round potential um, until now, even if that's what you say. Uh, The Ravens defense, we talked about this, um, you know, they've improved the last couple of weeks against better opponents and better offenses, as far as I'm concerned. But none of those. Look, I think Joe Mixon is phenomenal. He's not Saquon Barkley and the Bills don't have a running game at all. So there's that. This is a different era uh, in terms of what they're going to be dealing with, because Saquon Barkley, too many people could be considered a generational player. I do feel like that this team is one dimensional in that regard. And if potentially you could find a way to, to take Saquon not out, because I don't think that that's necessarily possible, but slow him down a little bit, then you can kind of get some things going. Although again, Daniel Jones liked to use his own legs to move the chains at times. So uh, if you're the Ravens defense, who, by the way, we already mentioned earlier this week, their pass, excuse me, their rush defense is um, in the top half at number 12. Um, Is is that going to be your focal point or is it that you're going to, I I feel like that that's got to be it. You got to shut him down in order to feel like you win this game.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to see the Ravens pretty much load the box. Uh, Like you mentioned, their wide receiver position is riddled with injuries. Yeah, very thin. Lack of talent right now. There's not much there. Uh, But they've got guys that are making plays. Darius Slayton made a couple of plays this past Sunday. Um, You just just never know. Richie James, it it depends on if he can even play. They just have so many injuries. You just never know who's going to suit up for the Giants each week. Uh, But – I do think that this is a situation where they're going to load the box. They're going to look to play a lot of man outside uh, because they don't have any guys on the perimeter that necessarily scare you the way Saquon does. Right. You have to pay a total attention to Saquon. And, hey, if they beat you over the top with somebody else, so be it. Um, it's not often. I, I, I think I trust this Ravens secondary. Even with the loss of Marcus Williams, I trust them to kind of hold their own against the, these Giants receivers uh, right now. I just, I trust Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark and even Geno Stone. Do you again. trust Kyle
1: Hamilton to, to to be able because, you know, tackling was an issue yes. for him in the preseason, but I do feel like he's gotten better in that regard in the
0: season. He's gotten better. Um, I would kind of use Kyle Hamilton the way that I said that I thought that they should have used him in that Bills game put him in the box a lot. They'll probably have Chuck play in the box a lot, but I just don't know how comfortable they'll be with having just Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton as the two deep guys and moving Chuck up uh, into the box. Ideally, that's what you would want to do because that would play to each of those guys' strengths, having Chuck closer to the line to be that physical guy to take on the running backs and having Kyle Hamilton in the back to use his range and his speed and his playmaking ability, but can you trust Kyle Hamilton to be the man on the back end of your defense right now? I I, I don't know that you can. Um, so in that regard, I would you. You're kind of forced to flip the script a little bit and, and go vice versa with Chuck and, and Kyle and put Kyle in the box and, allow him to use his physical nature to be there to guard a Saquon out of the backfield possibly or because I'm not I don't feel comfortable about having Patrick Queen guard Saquon or anything like that it's got to be either a corner or a safety on him in in pass coverage um also I I think it's important for this defense to stay uh disciplined and to be persistent yep. Saquon is a is a sneaky guy He'll lure you to sleep with a bunch of no gains, two-yard gains, four-yard gains, and you think you got him bottled up and he's not doing anything, and then, boom, 75-yard touchdown run right, right up the gut. Like, they have to stay disciplined and understand that this is a guy that can break the big play at any point in the game. Just because you bottled him up for three quarters doesn't mean that he won't pop a big one in the fourth quarter. They have to keep at it. All game. And I think that'll be tough. That'll yeah. be tough to see if they can play 60 minutes of football against this team. It's easy to get up for the Bengals and play 60 minutes of football against those guys, especially with what you saw them do to you twice last year. And I know the Giants are 4 and 1. But nobody respects the Giants. Let's just keep it real. Nobody (laughs) respects them as a 4-1 team. So you have to be careful. We saw it in that Dolphins game. I think they started buying into a lot of the hype that people were saying outside of the building about, oh, Tua can't throw. Tua can't do this. And then sure enough, you get to the game and he's bombing it over your head. They have to be careful to not listen to the talking heads that tell them that the Giants aren't worth a damn. Because yeah. you have to respect your opponent and the minute you let your guard down, things like what happened in the second half of that dolphins game end up happening.
1: I completely so, agree. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. And my thing is is that you know, you really have to my you really have to find a way to be consistent and, and you're right. No one really okay, they're four on one. Great. Right, but you're you know, when you start looking at like their opponents and stuff, okay, yes, I know that they beat the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but right now the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers aren't playing good football, they weren't playing good football going into that game against the Giants because he doesn't have anybody to throw to. I don't know who the hell he's throwing to at this point. Um, so there's that, and then you know, you just kind of look at the other games that they played, and it's like, okay, I understand. From a talent perspective, I do think that the Ravens are good, talented. And I agree with you. They don't play 60 minutes of football. That's been the problem for them thus far. The good thing, though, is that it does appear that the communication um, on the defense has gotten better and them understanding the scheme has gotten better and that, you know, they've been coming up in a, in a trending up um, f- a type of situation. What the Ravens really have to do is respect Saquon and I'm not saying not respect Daniel Jones because, like, again, I think that Daniel don't Daniel, Daniel Jones, <laughs> Daniel Jones. I think that Daniel Jones is a very good athlete. Do I think that he's a phenomenal quarterback? No, but it doesn't mean that I, the things that people said about Lamar is what I feel about Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think that Daniel Jones can make plays, particularly with his legs. I think that Daniel Jones has certain types of flashes in him, and that that is why they have found a way to win four football games. But I think that you have to make him uncomfortable. You have to find a way to to make Daniel Jones uncomfortable because if you do that and you put the pressure on him and not allow Saquon to go off, that can completely change the narrative on how this football game is played. So if the Ravens can find a way to get more consistent pass rush, like, you know, hey, look, we've seen JPP get more involved. You know, hopefully, Oway can get some um, pressures himself. You know, also the linebackers. Obviously, you really need the linebackers to step up in this game. Um, even not even just in run. You know, run. Uh, defense type situations but even like in pass rushing situations everybody has to know their assignment and if you can find a way to take Saquon out of this and make them have to beat you another way I think that your chances of winning is is great uh the Ravens just have to stick to that plan you can't right. get away from it and you can't get comfortable even if you're up three four scores because you have seen what happened before do I think that the Giants are as talented as a Miami or as Buffalo no Right. Not by any means. However, you've been there before. And you almost did it again last Sunday against the Bengals. You can't afford to keep losing leads and getting comfortable in football games unless the clock says 0-0-0. Zero, zero, zero. And once the Ravens finally get that logic on both sides of the ball, but particularly on defense, they'll be
0: scary. And you look at this Giants team. We talked about their win over the Packers. They were down 17-3 in the second half. In they were. They were. You know, so this is a team that has pulled fourth quarter comebacks, right? Uh, themselves and Danny, Daniel Jones. I think since he's entered the league, is one of the the league leaders in fourth quarter comebacks at the quarterback position. And one of the things that worries me right now with Daniel Jones is historically he's been a guy that's going to turn the ball over. He's yes. not really turning the ball over right now. Uh, he's got two interceptions on the year. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a lot as we enter what week six right now. That's not, there's plenty of quarterbacks that have more than two picks so far. Uh He's also, he doesn't have a fumble this year. The fumble is usually. What that was his problem. Yeah. That's usually what gets him. And it seems like that's kind of gone away, at least so far. Uh The Ravens have been one of the league leaders in force and turnover. So, you know, we'll see what kind of happens with that going into this season. I mean, into this game, but Yeah, I I think discipline, staying disciplined and staying sound in your assignments is going to be key going against this team. They can lure you to sleep when they're having these empty drives, when they're just punting the ball and not doing much. And I, I I just fear that they could get back and fall into their old habits of kind of letting their guard down and allowing the Giants to make plays that they probably shouldn't make. What irks me the most when I watch teams that play the Giants is They act like they have never seen the Giants call a read option. They get (laughs) killed by Daniel Jones and his legs. And it's almost like he catches them by surprise. And I think I don't do a know good why. Job. This is who he is. He's always I, I, been that way. His, his, you talk about somebody who's best. His best asset are his legs. It's not yep. his arm. Yep. It's not his accuracy or anything. Yep. Like, I think Daniel Jones' best asset is his legs. He's the second leading rusher on this football team right yep. now. He's got two rushing touchdowns on the season. He averages almost 50 yards rushing a game for the Giants. So, you know, that's definitely going to have to be something that they pay attention to. Guys like 08 are going to have to make sure that they're selling the edge and not getting sucked inside and allowing this guy to run sky-free for 30 yards before he trips over his own feet. It can't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that's going to be key to make sure that they don't give up the plays that they should not give up because this John's team, I, I keep saying it on both sides of the, of the ball, they're fighters. They find ways to not only hang around in these games, but they find ways to win. And whether we respect them as a four and one team or not, they're what their record says. Yep. And uh, I think it speaks volumes, if nothing else, uh, instead of looking at them like a, a team that's not a real four and one team because they don't have the talent that some of the other teams around the league have, I look at it as that makes them more dangerous that they are four and one and that they have probably bottom half talent in the league but they found ways to win four out of their first five games that signals good coaching that signals disciplined players. And that that, that signals a team that's going to give you 60 minutes of hell.
1: I couldn't have said it better. All right, guys, make sure that you are subscribed to the winning drive podcast so you can get all of the new episodes. Okay, Cordell, this is the part that everybody is waiting for—prediction time. Yes, I just yeah. like to sing it because it—it sounds, <laughs> it sounds much better than dun 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 dun. Right. Um. Okay. So keys to what I think that the Ravens need to do offensively: find a way to continue the time of possession, keep the ball away from Saquon Bartley. In order to do that, that means Lamar Jackson and company has to win the time of possession. In order, to, that is what you need to do. Defensively, can, keep. Saquon in his place, like you said, no no long touchdowns, and find a way to make them one-dimensional and force Daniel Jones to be the guy. Coaching, hardball, take the goddamn points. I don't know, can I say that? I don't know, but take the goddamn points. I said it. (laughs) You know, it's too late. I said it. Take the goddamn points, okay? You're on the road. MetLife is already a dump in terms of the turf. Don't get cute out there, okay? Take the points, Get out of there, and then hopefully that way, if you take the points, you come out with a win. Because your guy Zach Taylor was on the other side of the sideline last week making John Harbaugh decisions, and he lost the football game. So you need to go ahead and take the points. But that being said, I believe that those three things, from offense, defense, and coaching, are apparent in the Ravens winning this football game. Um, I I do, to some degree, respect respect. The fact that the Giants are four and one because at the end of the day they're four and one, and losing ugly and losing pretty is not nearly as great as winning ugly. So um, I believe that this will be a closer game than normal, and I by closer game I'm going to say that the Ravens win by eight points. So I'm going to say the Ravens 28, Giants 20.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. You know, I, I, I look at this Giants team and obviously, like you said, the keys to the game, stopping Saquon Barkley. Um, Number limiting, first
1: and foremost. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that that's the ultimate key is to try to contain Saquon as best as possible. Stay with it even when you're stopping him early. Stick with it later in the game because this is a dude that can pop at any time. Uh, not letting Daniel Jones beat you with his legs. Um Defe- on, on the for the Ravens offense you've got to get the ball out your hands quick you have got to not let this this aggressive defense that short and sometimes they're going to get to you they're going to win it's football they're going to win some plays right but don't allow it to snowball don't allow them to smell blood because once they do it, it'll create a whole nother monster and I just fear that we could see that Dolphins game from last year all over again. If we, if we, if the Ravens slipped back into some of those old tendencies. Yeah. Um, that said, I, you know, coming into the season, I when uh, I think we did it here and I think I did it on my show as well. We kind of looked at the schedule, uh, the Ravens schedule coming into the year. I pegged this game as a loss. It's just, it's so some, oh. some, sometimes you get to the and I didn't that was before I knew that the Giants would start the season four and one. Wow. Uh I I sometimes in the NFL you have those weeks where it all looks good, it looks great on paper, and you're supposed to win, and you just don't. You just don't. And this has kind of smelled like one of those games to me from day one when I looked at the schedule. It was just even back when I, it, like I said, before the Giants were four and on one, it's just like I have to put in some losses that the Ravens really shouldn't have. You, it's just what happens. You don't think That's that the it. loss
1: to the Dolphins
0: was one of those losses? I, I think I did. <laughs> at preseason, I did. And I think once the game came, I chose the Ravens to win. Okay. And I was wrong. Uh, I think I've only that's the only game I've missed on so far this season. I think I've hit on everything else not necessarily score wise, but when loss I've, I've I've been right. And I'm not trying to be right this week. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. If I could steal your mojo of going reverse psychology, but I'm going to take the Giants to win this game in an upset. Uh See, here's, gonna...
1: this is where me and you differ, because I don't think that that's an upset. I personally believe the Giants have more pressure on them to continue to compete in the NFC East, So the Eagles are currently undefeated. The Cowboys sure. are right behind not them fair. and the Giants. So, because I've heard people say, oh, this could be a trap game. Well, for who? Because the Ravens are 3-2. and two. The Giants are 4-1. So, based on that alone, uh, the trap game is the Ravens beating the Giants and not the other way around, right? Based Possibly.
0: But I think I mean the Ravens I, I I gotta look at the line uh but I think I'm I think pretty, the Ravens are um five pro- point favorites yeah so I mean while we look at the schedule and it says that the Giants are yeah the Raven and that bump that's bumped up to five and a half now uh, okay Ra- Ravens are five and a half point favorites right now so you know yeah you look at it and sure the Giants have the have the record the, the better record out of the two but I, I think everybody's looking at this game like the Ravens are the more talented team. They're the team that, sure, that they're, they're three and two right now, but they've got the best player on the field in Lamar Jackson. Uh, it, it, this is a game that everybody is probably going to pick the Ravens to win uh, ultimately. That's that's the only reason I look at it as a potential upset. But okay, I, I, you know, record wise, yeah, sure. The re- record wise, it would be the other way around. But that said, the Ravens are two and zero on the road. You yes, know, they so, are. So, yes, they know, are. They, they've got that going for them. but Already played in MetLife. They, they have. They've already won in MetLife, beaten the Jets. Um, I'm I'm going to ride with my early prediction, and I'm going to stick with the Giants to win. I'm going to say 24-20. Okay.
1: All right. So the, remember, guys, last two weeks, Cordell has been right and I've been wrong, although one of mine was reverse psychology. <laughs> um, So this week, we'll see if Cordell is, Continuing his trend, if he if he's six and zero this season in terms of picks, I would like Cordell to be wrong. Uh, I'm sure, as I'm sure Cordell would like
0: to be. I would love to be wrong. I would. I I, I would love to be wrong because it's going to set up for a sour week. Oh God! Next next week. Uh, with the Browns coming to town, yes. and, you know, uh, Absolutely. I, I don't know if anybody wants that. I, I want happy harps. I, I like happy harps. Same. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want pissed off harps. So um, for that, for that, for our sake, I, I'm hoping I'm <laughs> wrong, uh, but we'll, we'll see.
1: You want happy harps. You want to make sure, look, uh, what did they say? Happy wife, happy life, happy coach
0: yeah happy true.
1: quotes right Hey, yeah. <laughs> that. right. that's that's
0: that's one we gonna live by that's that's what we gonna live by
1: <laughs> so you know hey listen it, it, it'll be fun it'll be fun to see well, unless they lose of course but it'll be fun to see this chess match um that is going to take place between greg roman and wink martindale and to see who is going to win and i'm gonna tell you this now if wink martindale gets the best of this offense, we are never going to hear the end of I was just the about wrong to say, person got fired. You already know this I was, just, this going I was happen, just about
0: right? to say, this is a big game for Greg Roman. and You know, they can kind of go into this act like it's another game if they want to. And it maybe is that's not. the best approach. But this is a big game for Greg Roman individually, for him more than anybody else. Because, it, like you said, the, the debate is going to be, it should have. Should it have been Wink or should it have been Greg? And yep. a lot of people already feel like it should have been Greg. And I think yep. Greg Roman is still in the process of trying to win over this fan base yep. right now. And uh, I, I think that this is an important game for him. He needs to treat it as such. Absolutely. And
1: he better rise up to the occasion because we already know Wink is ready. He's yeah. been ready. He been. Yeah. He had this on circled on his schedule yep. the minute that he went to the Giants. Oh, okay, yep. the Ravens week six. We're going to find out. So they better have the same urgency that Wink is going to have this Sunday or else it's going to be a long day for the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you so much for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. Cordell and I will be back on Monday to talk about the game. Hopefully it's a Ravens win. And we'll break down everything that happened in the game uh, in next Monday's podcast. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.